0: Call Larry now. Studio lines are open at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Making Money Sense is on the air. Welcome once again to the Larry
1: Rosenthal Show. And here he is, Larry Rosenthal himself, live and in studio broadcast color here today. (laughs) We all look good on radio, but you look better than I do. So, you know, what can I say?
2: Chris, I like that studio <laughs> broadcast color. Yep, that sounds good. Well, good morning. How are you today? I'm good. I'm good. Did you have a good Christmas? I did. I did. Christmas was very nice. Friends and family, always nice. Uh, how about you? Yeah, yeah. You know, as you're getting together with
1: family this time of year and remembering the reason for the season, and it just, uh, you know, it just brings a lot of peace and happiness. I I have a good time.
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure. No, no doubt about it. You know, just uh, an, 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 another year, another Christmas. Uh, all good, all good. Praise the Lord, mm-hmm. you know. Praise the Lord for His birth and, and resurrection. Definitely, amen. Uh, amen so, that. what uh, got to watch uh, uh, some good Christian movies and 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 uh, you know, good church services. But everything's good. So, uh, you didn't watch any football? Any? A little bit of football here and there. Yeah. Yep, yep. G- good. Uh, always got to get get in a little bit, right? Of course, of course. <laughs> but that's not what it's about. That's no, it's sure. not. But it's just kind of part of the
1: whole ambiance of the season. So. It is. It is.
2: So. Yeah. Hey, well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal's show here. Again, I'd like to welcome our new listeners on Sirius XM Nationwide, Family Talk, Channel 131, along with our longtime listeners in the D.C. metro area on WAVA 105.1 FM live call-in, biblically-based financial planning talk show. Give us a ring with any of your financial planning questions. If you have questions on what's going on in the stock market, what's going on with trade and tariffs, what's going on with Brexit, what's going on with the Fed, what's going on with corporate earnings, and the big meeting coming up January 4th when uh, Jerome Powell is going to be on a panel along with Janet Yellen and Ben Bernanke talking about whatever they talk about on the fed the mark the market or of the the economy monetary policy and things like that yeah, i think Listen. they
1: talk about the redskins is what i think
2: they that's, talk. that's what you think about huh chris <laughs> yep i hear you i hear you go skinny so anyway yeah. hey you know i um, always like to start the show off with what's happening in the markets and the economy and stuff like that and and you know this past week was just an incredible roller coaster some of the biggest down days and so, and, and one of the largest point days Ever in the history of the stock market, up over a thousand points, and then the following day it came up another two sixty, then then to settle off a little bit yesterday, you know. So so the markets are trying to trench what they would call a bottom here, and I tell you it's it's very interesting right now. You take a good look at what's going on in the financial press. The financial press is obliging the panic and the fear out there to the nth degree, without a doubt. You can I can read uh, one article. And and, and on on how this is going to turn around pretty quick, I can read another article on It's Doomsday and back and forth. And the same thing I hear on on the television, you know, with with it all. And when I was on on the TV, you know, on, on, on all the shows, you know, for all those years as well. You know, that, that's, that's what it was. It was people back and forth with their own opinions. But you've got to boil it down. You've got to look and see what's going on. What's the Fed doing? What's happening with corporate earnings? What's going on with margins? What's going on with corporate debt? What's going on with the overall economy? And and we're starting to see a slowdown. There's no doubt about that. But that does not mean contraction and recession. Not at all. And and so a lot of people are, are voicing, you know, hey, this this sell-off took a little bit of air out of out of some stocks that may have been lofty pulled some things back you know year to date the dow is down 6% the s&p's down 7 the nasdaq tech is down a little over 4 4.62 actually uh per percentage points when you take a look at 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 where we are right now in the economy and the markets and stuff and and Moving forward, what is the Fed going to do when when it when it starts talking you know about about you know the way it sees the economy that's where all eyes are going to be really when it when it comes up to where they see the markets going in the future because as we know as you com- as you continue to raise interest rates to to a height that that chokes off the economy, then it does just that it chokes it off and rolls it back over. Uh, but, you know, I, I don't feel that there's going to be a recession in 2019. We'll see a slowdown. But, but you know, the P.E. ratio on the stock market right now is at 15. The the 20-year forward average is 16.7. So we're, we're well below the P.E. The e. ratios in the stock market. When you take a look at that, if if the stock market next year at the end of 2016 just ends up with a PE ratio of 16. Just the average just goes from 15 to 16. That should give us a little over 6% return and then you add earnings on top of that, you're you're looking at a, you know, 9 9ish percent return. That is if, you know, things things continue to if things trench the bottom and and move up from here. We'll just have to wait and see, but all of this volatility brings forth a couple of things that we're gonna talk about today. It's gonna to, we're gonna talk about what is the integrity of your portfolio. Are you positioned to handle volatility? What are you doing about it? And and so forth and so on with all of this. You know, it's very you know, if you can go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com, we have all kinds of information out there in the educational section on volatility, what to do in your port when in your portfolios when, when times like this happen. Uh, you know, one of the biggest things you don't want to do is is to panic and have knee-jerk reactions and, and, and sell and then wait till things get back to normal when the market's high again and then go buy back in again. We need to have a plan in place, and it needs to be a little different for most different and, you know, for all the different investors. Some people are going to say, hey, I've got time. I'm going to work through this. Other people say, you know what? I was ready for this, and I'm okay. I'm just down a couple of percentage points, but things are still good. Other people are going to have to mix and match different things, but but this is like a wave. You know, everybody's out there you know, in in the ocean, up, up to their waist, in the wave, and the tide goes out. Then you get to see the color of everybody's bathing suit. Oh, this guy's got on a blue one. That guy's got on a green one, you know, blah, blah, blah. And that's what's happening right now is your portfolios are they positioned to stand hmm. up? Do they have the integrity to stand up to this volatility? That's the big question of what's going on. We're going to talk a lot about that today, as well as you know, this is the the end of the year. We're going to be talking about the annual review checklist, all in in addition. So,
1: now, if you're seeing me in the ocean, you're seeing a lot of snow as well. The old white, uh, the white legs without the suntan. You know, so, if,
2: <laughs> if you're looking right, for everybody's Chris. laundry, you know. All right, Chris. <laughs> but you know, what, one of the, one of the things here is is that uh, it's never as good as you think it's going to be and it's never as bad as you fear it could be when it comes to markets and, and things like that. So we're going we're to talk a little bit more about that. But we'd like to open up the phone lines. Give us a ring here at 855-ROSE-123, 855-ROSE-123, or 855-767-3123. we have to take a quick break. We'll be back in a moment with more You're Making Money Sense.
3: Have you ever wanted to be part of something big?
4: Nonprofit organization called Stars Children Africa.
3: Do you want to be a part of something that changes a child's life?
4: Orphans who are high school age who would not have a chance to get education otherwise.
3: Now you can be part of something that brings hope.
4: What we do is we actually... For the school fees.
3: For about the cost of a new suit, you can change an orphan's future for a whole year.
4: We pay for the school fees, and that averages around $500 to $550 a year total. That means food, lodging, the teaching, the education part, the, the uniform, that whole thing.
3: Call now 703 201 2494. Or go to starschildrenafrica.org.
4: For a dollar and a half a day, one child would be educated for that year in high school.
3: 703-201-2494. Call right now. For $500 a year, you can change an orphan's life. 703-201-2494.
1: You're listening to the Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money Sense. If you'd like to dial in, go ahead and do so right now, 855-767-3123. 855-ROSE-123. Charles is on the line with us. Go ahead, Charles.
5: I two questions. The first one is, I turned 62 in November this year, and I was wondering, should I start my uh, Social Security withdrawal? And the second question is, should I start withdrawing my TSP to start paying my mortgage?
2: Well, those are some pretty deep questions, <laughs> Charles. Duty. And, and the answer is, you know, if you're not working and you want to start Social Security earlier, then that's one check mark in the column that says yes, take it. The rule of thumb is, take it early if you need. The break-even point on waiting to 66 is about age 81. So some people say, well, I'm going to wait till 66 if that's your normal retirement age because I'll get more money for the rest of my life, and that's true but the break even age is age 81. So you or 80 depends on how much it is. So you really need to sit down and think about that right there. But if you need the money, then by all means take it. As far as using the TSP to pay your mortgage, I would have to ask, you know, obviously the money's there, you do with it what you wish, but I would have to ask are there other proceeds, are there other funds available somewhere else to help make your mortgage payment? And are you going to be pulling all the money out of the TSP and pay off your house or are you going to use it to supplement your retirement income to make the monthly mortgage payment? What's your plan?
6: Thank you. I want to uh, just supplement
5: my uh, monthly income to pay my mortgage.
2: Good. That's a good use of those funds. Charles, I want to go ahead and put you on hold here. I'm going to send you out some information about how to go about doing this properly so that you can take the best advantage of your tax deductions while you're pulling the money out of your TSP plan. Okay.
1: Eight five five seven six seven three one two three eight five five Rose one two three to talk to Larry Rosenthal. Larry.
2: Yeah, Chris, let's welcome Roy on from Indiana. Good morning, Roy. How are you today? Hey, not too bad. How about yourself, young man?
5: I'm doing pretty good. I'm I'm doing
2: well. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year, sir.
5: Well, thank you. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year's to you. Seems like it goes by too fast every year, and I keep thinking, what in the world? But anyhow, I won't tell you up too long. I'm I'm fifty, be fifty-seven here, and I don't have retirement. But I've been looking at like the uh, stock market. I'm not too familiar with it, and I've been looking at a company. He's a the gentleman a foreign. company It's called Elio or Elio out of uh, Louisiana. He's ex CEO. And he's building another vehicle, gets 80 miles to the gallon, and they're going to start producing. So I was kind of looking at that stock option in that company because it's real cheap. And when they start producing, I think they're going to go real high. I think in the long term it's going to look real good, but I don't know. That's why I was asking, would that be a good option to do for retirement for like 10 years or five years or something with that company?
2: Well, Roy, couple, you got a couple of questions baked into that there. And, and first of all, let, let me just back up and talk about the one company there. I'm not familiar with it, don't know anything about it. I have to research it before I would take a look at, at saying, yes, it could be appropriate for you. So I don't know about that. On the other hand, it is kind of interesting that it seems that you have come across a company that could actually change the way consumers purchase an, a necessity item, such as a car. You know, if, if this car is coming out and it's going to get 80 miles to the gallon from what you're saying, you know, that, that sounds like some very good technology. It sounds much better than a hybrid uh, or, or even an all, uh, you know, or, or the, the typical hybrid, I should say. So I don't know anything about that. As far as taking money and, and putting it into a concentrated position like one stock for your retirement, I wouldn't suggest that. I'd rather you be a little diversified and put money in different baskets, if you will. You, you did mention you, you haven't really started saving much towards retirement. It might not be a bad idea. If you wanted to put some money into this company, again, I don't know anything about it, but in addition to that, you also may want to put some money into a broad, diversified mutual fund. That way you can have the risk spread around. But I, I would definitely start off with making sure you have adequate money and cash reserves in the bank, saved up in case there's an emergency that happens. Uh, you know, anywhere from you know a few months to, to to four or five months on on top of that, and then broadly diversified mutual funds. If you have the option to put money into a retirement plan at, at your employer, I would go ahead and do that as well. Does that make sense? I,
5: yeah, it does. I was thinking of looking at something where it's not such a uh, the only thing you pay on dividends, I was thinking like a insurance term life with the 770, which you can put in and take out, and there's not the taxation except the dividends. And I like that option. You get a percent. I don't know what the percent pays on that, but I'm not sure, but I like that option. I was thinking of that, and I'm not real sure about that, but I did a lot of research in it, and I was wondering, is that a good one to look around to spread into with that?
2: Roy, when it I comes haven't, to haven't. insurance, you know, if there's a, two broad categories of insurance. One is permanent insurance, which builds cash values, and the other one is term insurance, which does not build any cash values. It's less expensive, but you get a larger death benefit. On the cash value side of the equation, money goes into that type of policy. Then if the, the fees and the cost of the insurance comes out, then you have money sitting inside what they call a cash value bucket. And that grows at a rate of return, whether it's interest or dividends or or whatever it is inside there. Um, some, Some of them have sub accounts that act like mutual funds that go up and down the market. That's what you're probably talking about there. So from the standpoint of being able to put money into a permanent life insurance policy and then access the cash values down the road in retirement, yes, it can work. However, you need to be in a position, one, where you need the insurance is, is, is something that, that we feel is important. And then, two, you need to really overfund this. So you need to put a lot of money into it. But I would say this. At 57 years old, you're allowed to put $6,500 a year away into a Roth IRA. And that's going to enable you, if you keep it for five years or to 59 and a half, whichever is longer, to pull that money out completely tax-free. And that's the idea behind the cash value of the insurance policy. The difference there is that you don't have the cost of the insurance associated with the Roth IRA. So if you're looking to invest or or save money through an insurance policy, you know, I understand how that can work, but I would be a big proponent of putting money into a Roth IRA first before you start putting money from an investment perspective into an insurance policy. Buy insurance for insurance purposes. Does that make sense there?
5: Yeah, that makes sense. That kind of answered my question on all this, and I wasn't too sure. I wanted to get more of an idea because I don't know where to go, and I'm not sure about the stock market, and I have a lot of friends that's lost a lot, and I'm kind of like, wait a minute. So I want to learn and get more knowledge so I can educate myself and be wise in the next couple of years with what I have from my business to on up to retirement. I should have did this years ago, but I then mean, it is what it is. But I
2: well, Roy, I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll put you on hold and I'll have Bob get your information and we'll send you out our financial planning toolkit. There's no cost to it. We've sent out tens of thousands of these over the years and it's going to give you a baseline to sort of draw the line in the sand and say, hey, if I keep doing what I've been doing, where will I be down the road? And uh, we'll give you a follow-up phone call on that to sort of help you get started and and, and maybe take a look at that broad-based mutual fund for starters as far as that goes. Appreciate the phone call. Put you on hold. Merry Christmas and and Happy New Year. Uh, Let's go ahead and welcome Marilyn on the line from Virginia. Good morning, Marilyn. How are you today?
7: Good morning. I'm doing well, thank you, and Merry Christmas and Happy New Year.
2: Thank you. You too. How can I help you today?
7: I I gave a little history there. I'm 80 years old. And financially, okay. Uh, And my checking account, I've got too much in there, and I want to put it someplace else instead of getting 0.01%. And uh, my son is a builder. He builds low-cost housing. And my thought is to invest it in the company to build low-cost housing. He's into mobile homes, and uh, we do own some properties. And my thinking is that at my age, an investment in land and houses might be a better way to go. What is your suggestion?
2: Well, Marilyn, there's all kinds of investments out there. And as long as you're financially you know, stable the way you, you mentioned it, putting money into a company um, is a little bit higher risk than putting it into maybe a bond fund or something like that in, in, in the bond market or the stock market. In your situation here, you know you you know your son. He's he's a successful builder, and it just seems like to me you're just going to lend him some money. He's going to pay you back plus some interest. You know, it sounds pretty pretty okay to to do that. I know a lot of people that will do that sort of seed money to get a project off the ground, and then yeah. repay it. the The risk is if money gets tied up into a project and the economy, you know slows down or property values slow down or for some reason he cannot sell that property with a, with a profit, then your money may not come back to you in, in, in the fashion that you would want it to. You may end up losing dollars on the case. That's really mm-hmm. the risk right there.
7: Well, everything is you don't know what to do right now, uh, and, and we don't want to lose what we have. So I'm just yeah. looking for a way to you know, have it increase rather than decrease, even if it, de- if it increases slowly.
0: uh, Are you
7: thinking that maybe it's too much of a risk? Uh, Because we did go through the bubble that burst in 2008, and there was a lot of problem there, but we did come out of that. So what is your feel about the the housing market uh, right now?
2: Well, you know, the housing housing starts have been slowing down a little bit. And with interest rates rising a little, it's going to make people stop and think twice. But it's not going to stop the housing market. It's just going to slow it down a little bit. We have started to see some valuations in different parts around the country come down. But still others are rising. The economy is expanding. So I think that the housing market, I, I would not – you know, I, I I I hate to predict something like that because it, it it's there's diff, different pockets of real estate all around the nation depending on on where things are. You know, just in the D.C. area with Amazon coming into the D.C. area, property values have shot up as a result of that. Whereas in other places around the the country, property values have gone down. So so real estate is very local to valuations when when it comes to that. The biggest thing that you would have to take a look at is is what is the, the typical buyer? Uh, what is their socioeconomic level in, in the low-income housing, the trailer parks and stuff that your son is building? Does he have a pool of prospects that are going to be, you know, over the next couple of years? How does their income look? How does their job prospects look? That's really the pool that you have to really sort of dive down into. An alternative to, to doing that would just simply buy some individual corporate bonds from, you know, some AAA-rated corporate bonds. You, you'll get, you know, 25 maybe 3.5% interest on them, and, and the money will come back to you. Uh, when the bond matures in a handful of years, providing the company's still in business there. So that's another way to take a look at increasing your rate of return over the 0.1% that you're receiving in the bank, but not taking a lot of risk. Maybe you do a little bit of both. Okay. Very good. Okay. Appreciate the phone call. Yep, absolutely. You're listening to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal show. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Back in a moment with more of your Making Money Sense.
0: You are listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855 767 three one two three more making money sense in a moment
2: here's a quick tip for you remember it's time in the market not necessarily timing stay away from lots of buy sell transactions find quality buy it and hold it until the quality goes away or your investment objectives change it's time in the market not necessarily timing if you'd like more information on proper investing then go visit my website at LarryRosenthal.com or simply give us a call at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. That's 855-767-3123. Remember those kids
3: that you keep your kids away from? Those kids that society doesn't seem to know what to do with? That kid you saw on the street corner last week? Remember that kid that, well, you feel sorry for, the dropout, the pregnant teen, the drug addict. Those are the kids that Youth for Tomorrow wants to reach. And Youth for Tomorrow has reached nearly 800 children since opening its doors in 1986. That's 800 young men and women helped to become responsible and effective members of society. The founder and chairman of Youth for Tomorrow, former Washington Redskins coach and current NASCAR team owner Joe Gibbs, says if we don't do what we can to influence our young people, there are plenty of others who will in the wrong direction for more information about youth for tomorrow call 703-368-7995 or go to youthfortomorrow.org you can help turn a negative into a positive call 703-368-7995 or go to youthfortomorrow.org Call right now with your questions, 855 767 3123. That's 855 Rose 123. Coast to coast from the nation's capital, this is
1: The Larry Rosenthal Show. I got to tell you, Larry, it's a lot of fun being on Sirius XM, isn't it? Enjoy it. It is. Yeah. I enjoy it. Yep. Yeah. Of course, we love being on WAVA, too.
2: So this is this is just good times for me. I don't know about you. I'm good times. <laughs> You're having fun. <laughs> yeah. Hey, let's shoot on over to Maryland and welcome Denise on the line. Good morning, Denise. How are you today?
7: I'm great. How are you?
2: I'm doing well. How can I help you?
7: So, I was asking a question. I have a question. Um, I was saying that I was a new retiree, and the bulk of my money is in my uh, savings plan. And um, I do get a, a good monthly income every month, but my savings for money that is readily available is not that much. So I was wondering if I should make a withdrawal from my, I mean, with the market fluctuating the way it does, if I should withdraw my money out and put it in an IRA, um, something that um, I can maybe grow the money, or if I should take out a portion of it and put it in a bank and leave the rest where it is.
2: So, Denise, a couple of questions. Uh, let's unpack them real quick. One of the things that a lot of people will do with money at their old employer is you do have the option of keeping it where it is. You can roll it to a new employer. You can cash it out and spend it and pay tax, or you can simply roll it over to an IRA. A lot of people choose to roll it over to an IRA simply because you have, you, in most cases, you'll be able to have a greater investment choice, um, whereas a lot of retirement plans at work, have very limited investment choices uh, as far then the next question you have is it seems that you want to build up a little bit of money into the bank for cash reserves so the income that you have coming in now versus your expenses that are going out is that enabling you to save money each month?
7: Oh no it's sufficient. I even have money left over actually after, after paying the expenses.
2: Okay, so then what I would what I would suggest here is taking a look at rolling the money over from your old employer's plan to to an IRA and and then you can choose the different investment choices there. Now, now as far as pulling money out and putting it in the bank just to have a little bit of extra money into the bank, I really wouldn't suggest that right now since you just told me your income is sufficient to meet all of your expenses plus be able to save a little bit of money each month. So, by taking the money out of your retirement plan and putting it in the bank, you're going to have to pay taxes on that distribution just to stick it in the bank. So maybe over time, you can build up your bank account a little bit each month to the point where you have an adequate amount of cash reserves. But also know this, that if an emergency happens, you know, if you get a flat tire in your car or something happens and that money's sitting in your IRA, you can easily withdraw the money out. To cover that emergency expense, you just have to pay tax on it. So what I'm trying to do is solve for both issues for you right now. One is to to build up money in the bank with the least taxing as possible, and two, keep your IRA money still growing for yourself. Does that okay. sort of give you an okay. idea of, of how that looks?
7: Yes. Thank you so
2: very much. Absolutely, Denise. I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll put you on hold here, and if you want, we'll send you out some information on how to go about doing the the the, the rollovers and, and making sure that you have enough uh, reserves set up in, in the bank account for yourself. Appreciate the phone call. Uh, happy, happy New Year as well. Uh, let's go ahead and welcome uh, Sylvia on the line. Good morning, Sylvia. How are you today? Good
8: morning. I'm fine. Thank you.
2: How can I help you?
8: I have, I have two questions. One, um, I heard you tell a gentleman earlier that he was 57. He said he was 57, so he said he was eligible to do a Roth IRA. And my question on that is, is that irregardless of income level? Does that, Do you get to a certain age and then income level doesn't matter for a Roth? Or?
2: So you can contribute money to a Roth IRA at any time under age 70 and a half. Or, uh, and, and, and you, um, you also... Have income limits. If you're married filing jointly and your adjusted gross income is over a hundred and it's close to a hundred and ninety some thousand, I don't have the chart right in front of me, then you're you're not eligible to put all of your all the contribution into a Roth IRA. If you're below one hundred eighty eight thousand, you can. Now, if your income exceeds those limits, then what you can do is you can make a contribution to an IRA that's non-deductible. And then you can convert that over into a Roth IRA. It's called backdooring a Roth. So so basically it, it gets around the income limits, but, but it's a two-step process in order to do so. So you can effectively put money into a Roth IRA regardless of your income when you're doing the two-step process like that, Sylvia.
8: Okay. And my next question has to do with uh, annuities. I have... An annuity, it's only about twenty five thousand dollars in it. But um I guess I finally saw some fine print and it said that I'm not eligible to take anything out of it until age ninety five. And I and I thought, okay, that doesn't make sense to me. I, I don't remember the details when I signed up for it but so I guess my question is how can I get out of that annuity without losing
2: money? Sylvie, I would be surprised if that's the case. In most annuities, if they don't hear from you by the time you're 95, they're going to start sending you money. That's the annuitization automatic date. Perhaps that's what you were reading, but I'm pretty sure you can get out of it uh, pretty much any time you want. Whether or not there's a penalty or not is another question. But if you like I can I'll I'll be happy to uh, have someone read through it with you but I I would be surprised if that's the case. Usually age 95 is the automatic annuitization date. If the insurance company hasn't heard from you by that date, they're just going to start sending you money at that point. That's usually what that age 95 is. I'll put you on hold, Sylvia, and we'll have somebody reach out to you next week and uh, give you a quick phone call and maybe help step you through. Maybe you can read to them over the phone what what you were talking about, and one of our advisors uh, can help you out with that, okay?
8: Okay, thank you.
2: Absolutely. Appreciate the phone call. Are you listening to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal Show? Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123, 855-767-3123, December 29th. 2018, Chris, our last broadcast for the year. We're yeah. rolling into 2019, right? Rolling in strong. Getting the millies makers out. <laughs> Absolutely. We want yeah. to talk a little bit this morning about the annual review checklist since we're rolling into next year. The annual review checklist. You know, I had, I had someone tell me earlier this year, uh, probably in the summertime or so, they said, Larry, I, I, uh, I listened to your show a lot, and I, 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 I took your advice a few years ago. And it's been working out. I said, "Well, well what was that?" You know, <laughs> and and they said, they said, "Well, every year you you always tell us in January add one more percent into our retirement plan, and we won't miss it." And you know what? He, they they told me they said, "Larry, you are right. We huh. don't miss it." So it's the end of the year. January's rolling around next week. Let's stop for a second and say, "Hey, you know what?" Let's add one more percent to our 401K, to the government TSP, to the 403B plan, wherever your retirement dollars are going away into. You're putting in 7%, make it 8%. you are putting in 9%, make it 10 You probably will not miss it, just that one little extra percent. And before you know it, in a handful of years, you'll be maxing out your retirement plans. So it's a new year. Let's start off with a new way. and Get start, on start the start doing that. arc. Exactly. The yes, arc, right?
1: he, the annual review checklist. We'll call it the arc. You know? The arc. There you you see, go, see, what did, see what I did? I there?
2: I did. I see that. You know? Have you been eating alphabet soup this morning? <laughs> <laughs> I, I have indeed. I have indeed. I love that stuff. It's great. Yep. Very, very good. good. Well, hey, you know, in, in in talking about the annual review checklist or the arc, as Chris calls it. Let's stop for a moment and and, and and really get a grip on what we need to do as far as our annual review. I've, got a, I've just got a list of things. The list just gets long and long. What do we do with the annual review? You know, beneficiaries and blah, 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 and wills and trusts and all that stuff. But the first thing on that list is, you know, let's stop for a second and, and take a look at what it says in Malachi. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open... The floodgates of heaven and pour out so much not to uh, pour out so much not to be room enough to store it. You know, the Lord tells us to test us in this. It's a good time to really take a look and evaluate what our tithes are. Can we start tithing? Can we give additional gifts and offering? You know, Um It goes on into Malachi, the Lord talking about, I will prevent pests from devouring your crops and vines in your fields will not not drop their fruit before it's ripe, says the Lord Almighty. You know, so we need to really stop and think about, you know, hey, are we tithing? How are we doing it? What are we doing? Now's a good time to get our financial house in order. It's the turn of the year. Let's come out of the gates, you know correctly in January we're going to take a quick break here we'll come back with the annual review checklist and more of your questions give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123 that's 855-767-3123 855-767-3123 you're listening to making money sense I'm Larry
0: Rosenthal we'll be back in a moment You are listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. Here is Dr. Gary Jones,
1: CEO of Youth for Tomorrow. You know, we started a girls' program and. 2003 and you think you've seen it all and you've heard it all until our children walk on campus and they will steal your heart in a moment they'll steal your heart because they come with nothing but hope That's all they come with the FBI calls and says you know we we arrested a sex trafficker Last night, but we still have the sex traffic victim. We know you're the only facility in Virginia that will take a girl like this. Do you have room for one more? And we say yes. If you would like to help, go to youthfortomorrow.org. A place like Youth for Tomorrow is an oasis. And the difficult world that we live in today for these kids. Joe Gibbs founded Youth for Tomorrow because he wanted to give back. If that's how you feel and you would like to help, go to youthfortomorrow.org. That's youthfortomorrow.org.
3: You've seen and heard him on Fox Business, CNBC, and the Wall Street Journal. Larry Rosenthal is here right now to take your calls at 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123.
1: This is the Larry Rosenthal Show. Well, it's almost the new year, Larry. We're just, just around the corner, and you've been talking a little bit about a lot of different things on the program today, but in particularly about the ARC, huh?
2: Yeah, the annual review checklist, Chris, as you have dubbed it the ARC now, right? <laughs> yeah. So hey, we've got some callers here. Let's pick sure. them up first, okay? Let's welcome Priscilla on the line. Good morning, Priscilla. How are you today?
9: Good morning. I'm blessed and well, thank you.
2: How can I help you?
9: I was calling because I have a home in D C that has a um uh, over two hundred thousand dollar mortgage. And we want to sell it, but then my daughter, who's assisting me, has done some research and said that there's a possibility we could do a reverse mortgage and uh, make use of the funds to renovate the home. I am uh, 75 years old, so she's saying, with Mommy, we would be able to do that, and um, you don't have to worry about it because you'll be gone by the time this particular um, um, arrangement would have to be satisfied that's number one and number two to know how to go about selling this house it's uh, it's assessed around seven hundred and some thousand we've had an offer up to 750 and we would love to think of it being over a million uh because it's a family home and it would be my income and so forth i don't have any other income except for a premium and social security
2: Priscilla, there's a good chance though you know when you when it when it comes to pulling equity out of your home in retirement years to supplement your your income, there's three ways to do it a reverse mortgage, a sale lease back, and a trade down and now I take it this is not your primary residence it's a,
9: I it's a rental property, and right now I don't have any rent coming in because the people move out on January 1. So we're really trying to do something uh, pretty immediate.
2: So uh, why, why not, why, if, you, if you can't rent it back out again, and your objective, is, when it's rented, does it meet your income needs?
9: When it's rented, it meets the income needs, but the house is in not good shape, and I would not be able to probably rent it. Because it was over a minimum of years that I was able to increase the rent, it's a single dwelling it's a um it's a um real house, but it is in the in a neighborhood that's pretty uh, columbia heights neighborhood and uh the value now what does what the public record the public record says it's worth two point five million What does that mean in the real real sense?
2: Uh, you know, I I would have to tell you if if you're looking at at a tax record of two two and a half million, and then somebody's offering you seven fifty, I would get an appraiser to come in and appraise it, okay? But um. here's here's let, let's go back to to the crux of your question, which is basically how do I turn this equity that's sitting inside wood, bricks, mortar, and steel into some income? And by taking a reverse mortgage, first of all, I'm not sure if you have enough. Uh, you 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 have to pay down some of your mortgage balance to get a reverse uh, mortgage on it, but they may do it at that level. It just depends on on the situation. You're going to get less money in a reverse mortgage than you would if you just simply sold the house. If you sold the house today for seven fifty and you owe two hundred, you're going to get five hundred and some thousand dollars, roughly, or roughly five hundred thousand dollars. You can take that and put it into some interest. Let's say at even three percent, you know that, that that's going to give you a, a, a nice payment each year, you know fifteen thousand dollars a year. So so by simply selling the property, it's going to give you more dollars than most likely a reverse mortgage would. Plus, it's going to cash out all of these dollars as well. So the answer to your question is we need to bring in a CPA because we need to take a look at your cost basis on this property, how much you've depreciated over the years. There, there, there's a lot of math to go into this. Plus, if you say, hey, you know what? I need to rent. I, I decide I'm going to continue to rent it out, but now I've got to fix it up. Where's that money going to come from? So a reverse mortgage is not going to give you as much money as a as an outright sale or a, uh, a sale leaseback, which is selling it to your, your adult children and leasing it back from them. Uh, but but you don't have to do that since you don't live there. So really the the choices are two is is you know or three to continue to rent it out if you can, to um, do the reverse mortgage. But I'm pretty confident you're not going to get the same amount of cash flow out of it if you just simply sold a house. Those are the three positions that we have to take on this, and we need to get you know copies of your tax return really to see the type of. Uh, um, depreciation you've taken over the years to see what your ultimate cost base is in it, Priscilla. If you like, I'll be happy to to follow up with you. We can make some phone calls and uh, get this whole thing involved to really see exactly what it is that you need to do. If you want, I'll go ahead and put you on hold, and we'll get you some information on all of this, okay?
9: I would appreciate it so much. I really meant to wake up at 9. And I didn't wake up just until a few minutes ago and was, oh, my Lord, I did a little bit of my devotion. And I thought I've got to call in because this is something we need to do pretty immediate. And I appreciate your time and I appreciate all that you do to help those of us who don't have the resources to know all of the financial information. I should have been doing uh, all of the rap and all that stuff back years ago. I retired. Um, I'm, I'm 75 years old now. So, I you know, and, you know, we have to learn by. We get the knowledge from those who know, and then we have to apply it. But when I was growing up and working and everything in D.C. for 38 years, all I knew was I was just getting a little bit of something through my deduction, and that's not enough. So, for the rest of you out there, do what this gentleman is telling you to do. Listen to his advice and follow through. If you're just 21 and you just got a job, take out the the money that you need to so you'll have the resources you need as you get old and grow, and it can go into your family as well.
2: Well, I appreciate the phone call, Priscilla. Let me put you on hold, and you have a great weekend. you listen to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal. Show let us welcome Jerry on the line. Good morning, Jerry. How are you today?
4: Uh, I'm fine, and you?
2: I'm doing well. How can I help you, sir? Uh,
4: well, I'm 62. I'm not ready to retire yet, but I'm approaching it. Uh, probably within the next seven, seven and a half years. My wife is 61. She recently had to have a operation, and she's thinking about retiring. Uh, we've done very well with our savings and investments, in, including uh, property. Uh, my wife has about a million in her 401K, 403B account, and about two years ago we switched it all over to bonds in preparation just in case one of us considered retiring. Uh, and it's, it's in bond accounts in our 401k and 403b, uh, except for any new money that went in two years ago. And we did the same thing with mine. We have several different properties. Uh, our primary home is in a highly desirable area. Uh, and it's, it's probably, even on the low end, was sell for about $500,000. So we're thinking about getting rid of that and uh, letting my wife retire and go to what is essentially our vacation home that we had built about 15 years ago. But I would be staying in the area where I currently work and renting uh, one of my daughter's properties and staying there. Actually, what, what we're doing is uh, just helping her pay off that property because she has someplace else that she stays at and she's not using it so my so, question essentially is uh, about investments going forward everything else was essentially uh, investments that were 401k's through b ira type of investment so that we could diminish our taxes my income is about a hundred thousand my wife until recently was about 70, but now she's dropped down to about $60,000 a year. And, again, I'm 62 and she's 61. She's thinking about coming out in June when she turns 62. I'm not thinking about retiring until I'm at least 69 and a half or possibly 72. But I do have a pension now, but it's a small one. It's about $1,500 a month, and that's essentially the same thing that she'll get Uh, Of course, we will both be eligible for Social Security, um, but we're trying to figure out how to position ourselves since our lives will be really changing in the next couple of years.
2: Sure, Jerry. It sounds like to me that what you need to do is figure out how your dollars can protect principal as much as possible, but deliver a tax-efficient income stream from a reliable source throughout your retirement years you're you're moving into what we call the distribution stage there's three stages of financial planning one is the accumulation the second one is the distribution and the third one is legacy planning and and we need to just take a look at you know what type of bond you're in the type of dividends or or interest that they're yielding take a look at what your expenses are as your wife retires what what are the household expenses versus her income and your income that's going to be coming in, and then when you ultimately retire, so sort of stage out your cash flow. Uh, I, I actually have a video on my website that talks about that. If you go to my website LarryRosenthal.com, dot com and click on the on, right on the first page, there's there's a video on the left hand side right there uh, of what a financial plan looks like. That's what we need to do for you is to make sure that that your investments are in in a, a a place that's going to outpace taxes and inflation over the years because you won't be adding more money to your savings and investments, but yet at the same time, we want to have minimal principal risk. That's where you are in the financial planning process. Does that make sense?
4: And, and one of the things that we encountered two years ago when we started switching out of primarily equities in our 401K and 403 b was that it takes a considerable amount of time, and, and I, I hear you saying this, to the people on the radio, it takes a considerable amount of time to switch out without a penalty, especially if you're an annuity. Uh, So, you know, we my wife works for a hospital and I work for a large public school system. Um, But it does take some time to to get that done. (laughs) People really need to look at that. But uh, right now, when we look at our budget uh the the home that my wife would be going to we had built about 15 years ago and we paid for it we paid for it outright when we had it built and it's in a great location it's by the water it's, it'll be about maybe 80 or 90 miles away from me and i'd be able to go there every weekend but we're comfortable with that
2: so jerry here's here's what we're going to do I'm, I'm gonna uh that the, I, I want you to go we Look at the, the website there with the video on there. I'll get my words mixed up there for a second. And and uh, that's what we need to do is position you in a financial plan to really take a look at what your income needs are versus your expenses and making sure your investments are aligned with all of that. The annuity at your, at your wife's old employer and how, how to best maximize that and all the different things that you were really talking about. I'm going to put you on hold here, and Bob will get some some information from you, and we'll be able to reach out to you and and set that plan up for you. I've got to let you go because I've got other callers on the line. I've just got a few minutes left in the show, but I appreciate the phone call. Uh, Let's go ahead and welcome Helen on the line. Good morning, Helen. How are you today?
6: Oh,
9: I'm fine. Thank you. Um, Very briefly, um, my question is uh, I had uh, in my savings I've become top-heavy sort of, and I have enough uh, finance there to take out a uh, $100,000 uh, policy, which I was going to do for my children. In other words, when I, uh, when I die, uh, at least they will have that money in, in place so that they can be about taking on the taxes and some of the things that are, are, are going to be left for them. Uh, excuse me, <coughs> excuse me. Um, so, I, I, would it make sense for me to take on to buy uh, a one hundred thousand dollar policy? And uh, I understand I can use it at any time. And uh, I would, it would uh, increase to one hundred and sixty. I hope I've said everything. <laughs>
2: so so yes the, the your your question is you know uh-huh. can you can you um uh you use you know the purpose of life insurance basically is to create an estate an immediate estate and right. by purchasing you know a life insurance policy that's exactly what you're going to be doing there
9: okay um, without taxes right
2: yeah the the death benefit proceeds to the beneficiary are never income taxable so okay. so that your heirs mm-hmm. will receive that money income tax free. And that's not a problem at all.
9: Okay. Would that be a good idea for them?
2: It 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 will be if if you need the insurance or if you're looking to you know, some some people will say, hey, look, I've 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 saved enough, I've got enough for inheritance, and I'm good. Other people will say the exact same thing you did, but then they go, Well, wait a second here, I can I can increase a little bit by taking a little bit of money now and buying an insurance policy and sort of Increasing the value of your estate. Uh, so, yes, it, it, it gives you a lot of people will do this Will they'll they will donate their taxable money, like their IRAs and things to their church because the church receives it tax free and then they'll use the insurance proceeds on a policy similar to this, to pay it back to the family. It's sort of a wealth replacement plan. A lot of people will do things like that, Helen, as well. So there's a lot that you can do in this planning process when, it, when you tie insurance into the, into the mixture with it all. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. If you want, I'll I'll be happy to send you out some information on all of that. I'll I'll, I'll place you on hold, and and, uh, we're we're actually going to be teaching a class here coming up uh, in the first part of the year on on legacy planning and and gifting and things like that. Appreciate the phone call. You're listening to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal show. Let's welcome uh, Antoinette on the line from the district. Good morning, Antoinette. How are you?
6: Good morning. I'm fine, and thank you for taking my call. I will be very quick because you said you don't have a lot of time. I am a retiree. I have a very small um, business uh, that basically tries to help people. It doesn't make a whole lot of money. But I'm interested in what are the new tax rules for a retiree I have a pension I have a 403 B and some money in the bank I wanted to know what the tax new tax rules are governing retirees and money and and so forth
2: <laughs> you just have a lower tax bracket The the tax brackets dropped in 2018 from 2017 uh, but there's no new rules for, in, from an incomes tax perspective when it comes to the tax, when it comes to that. Now, in addition to that, you also have, uh, I, I, well, I guess they are new rules if you're looking at it that way. The you also have a standard deduction that's been doubled. Okay, um, so depending on if you itemize or not, or how you file your taxes—single or married filing jointly—and you have an extra two thousand dollars for uh, being over sixty-five on that. That's pretty much it.
6: Okay, so. If I am, uh, while I'm 71, um, if I have a a very small business, is there anything? For instance, I was thinking about donating uh, money to a church or a a charity. Is your business a a
2: corporation or is it a sole proprietor business? Sole
6: proprietor.
2: Okay. So then it's just all going to flow right onto your tax return. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's just going to drop into your tax bracket. So any monies that you give to the church or a charity will be, you know, a tax deduction t- for you.
6: Oh, I can still do that?
2: Yes, definitely oh, okay. you can.
6: Yep. I didn't know if there was any, any more, you know, a stipulation about things, that kind of thing. So
2: no, nope, you, 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 still... you should be fine there. But, you know, you're, you're talking about how everything falls down on your tax return, and I would, I would recommend that you work with a tax preparer as well. Do you do that or, or do you do it yourself?
6: No, I do. I just have not been able to get in touch with him, and I thought I'd
2: call you. Okay. Well, good. Excellent. I appreciate the phone call, Antoinette. You have a great weekend. Well, we've got some callers on the line. I'll stay in studio here for a few moments, and I'll answer the calls. I know we're right up against the hour here, Chris. So for Bob in the back and Chris McKay, I'm Larry Rosenthal. Have a wonderful New Year's Eve. Great celebration. We'll be back next Saturday with another session.